Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. Yesterday I got my book. I got my um, attached book. And I did start to read it a little bit. I read... Um, the first part was very interesting. I It was very much about my theories, which was really, really kind of cool to me. That... Because I've said, y'all, I don't know that there's an original idea. I think we tap into this well of information. This, um, Some people like call it consciousness. Some people call it infinite intelligence. I mean, there's all kinds of different names for it. But I think that the ideas just come to us from what I call like the divine, the creator, the source of everything that is. So... So this book was just kind of like a confirmation for me of things that I had been thinking for a while that I that I didn't know were actually true. Because we're told a lot of things in life that are just not true. <laughs> They're just not true. But we believe them to be true because we're told. And our brains, our brains really do have a hard time telling truth from falsehood. Uh, David Hawkins, my guru, actually has a whole book on that, Truth from Falsehood. And he talks about the innocence of the brain itself. So like when we see something, we we believe it to be true, kind of until proven otherwise, or if we're told something. I mean... <laughs> This is a really, really, really bad example, but I'm going to use it anyway because it was so powerful. So, years ago, um, gosh, Richard Gere, it was said that Richard Gere was sent to the hospital because they had to remove like a, some kind of animal from his bum, from his rectum. <laughs> okay. Now, there's, there's, I have over the years thought, I don't know if that's true or not. I still like Richard Gere. I think he's a fine actor and seems to be a fine human being. However, I mean, this might be true. This might be total falsehood. Um, it's a little bit absurd, but weirder things have happened. I don't know if it's true or not. And it's something that for 20, 25 years is, was this rumor that went out in the rumor mill and our brains just took it as truth, whether it was true or not. So that's just one example. <sighs> but anyway, <laughs> so um, so basically the, the beginning of the book, and I haven't read the whole thing, and I'll give you all updates. But the beginning of the book is talking about how our entire bodies are geared for partnership, for coupledom, for like intimate relationships. They're just geared for that. Like we've been told in society that it's otherwise, but it's really not. We are completely set up for intimate relationships and people who are in really, really happy marriages live longer. Happy, stable marriages. They actually do live longer. And like, if you think about it, it sort of makes sense because you have each other's back you um you're 
you're not in it alone. You have somebody you can depend on. Uh, you know, your your troubles are both of yours. So like if you're having financial issues, it's not just you. Everything does not just fall on your shoulders. And so your stress level is much um, lower. Like the book was saying that the happy couples have lower blood pressure, lower heart issues. Like they just their health is overall better. They did this example where they um where they hooked somehow hooked this person up to a to some kind of something or other <laughs> to be able to take like information. I don't know what kind of contraption they and they they said that they were at some point going to zap them with a little piece of electricity. And they said that the women that they did this to where there was no, there was absolutely zero uh, support. The woman had high, you know, high blood pressure and everything else. But then when she was held the hand of a stranger, it was a little bit better. But the stress was almost non-existent when she was held the hand of her actual love partner. So this case demonstrated uh, that the significance of having a loving partnership in our life. And, and so my experience, I mean, and actually, this has been the way it's been kind of my, my, well, when I was younger, I, I really had no choice but to marry and have children. Like I was a raised a Roman Catholic, and so like that's what you do. You get married, and then you have children. Uh, I happened to, um, I happened to get a degree. I was I'm very very pleased to have a degree, and and then I I found I found like I just don't even know how to describe it the traditional power over patriarchal type of of like this huge imbalance of power in the marriage itself very problematic for me like i i come off as kind of like this very um amenable you know um team player uh, but Sometimes when things are very, very important to me, I can get very, very stubborn if if it's something that is extremely important to me. And and then there comes this time where I just, there comes a point where something happens and I can't endure that type of marriage or partnership. And then I, you know, and so, and so I have not yet, had exactly what I would perceive as a really good partnership in my life. I have not experienced that to this point. Um, and so, and so, <laughs> but my desire to have that. So what ended up happening when I got older and divorced is that I was kind of presented like, well, you should be the pinnacle of strength and never want a man ever again. 
And I'm sitting there and I'm like, but I can't fool. And, I, and, I, and I'm so tired of having to defend myself on this issue. It's like, yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice to have somebody to do this thing called life together to experience what it would feel like to have a secure attachment with somebody. Interdependency, that we are sort of dependent on each other for a friendship, a camaraderie, a um, we're kind of in it to get together to win it, you know, and um, and I, I think that I would really, really enjoy that with the right person, uh, you know, <laughs> which goes off into a whole other joy. But anyway, so because what I'm thinking is, is that I have this belief. Okay, so this is the prevailing belief that's going on with me is that there are not very many people that I would be able to partner with. That that is one of the issues. Because the people around me are able to partner they just like, even if it's multiple, like they go from this relationship to this relationship to this relationship, or they're able to even stay with one person for years and years and years. Are they happy? I don't know. So I guess that I am not willing to put myself or the other person through something that is not going to be an enjoyable experience just to say, you know, I have somebody in my life and I'm, you know, till death do us part. I'm just, that is just like not, it's not a trap. It's not a trap. So, so I see people like generally not having an issue, like finding a partner and then they latch onto each other and then they're, they're horribly unhappy. I hardly see any relationships that I would want to emulate. And I'm just saying that. I mean, it's it's just kind of rampant that misery is just <laughs> prevailing in this area, you know, that, um, and so this book is just one option to look at as to what's going on with that. But I still, this doesn't change the fact that I still have this prevailing thought in my head that there would be very few people that would, um, like, be a good partner for me or me be a good partner for them. Um, and so that is a very limiting thought. It's a very, very limiting thought. And even as I'm reading this book, so I'm reading this book and I'm thinking, yeah, but how, like, I do not even know how to begin to have, and, and see, and then here is just the, the truth of it all. When I have met, men in the last few years because I'm doing this very very differently I am so instead of instead of like um I I'm actually doing it from an opposite way and and in all actuality there has been somebody that I have wanted to meet so okay so let's just say I'm doing that now. So I am I am not just saying, okay, you know, God, source, universe, creator of everything that is, you know, bring a great boyfriend into my life. Okay, I'm not saying that. I am more, this is a person that I would like to meet. 
and go on a date with. So, so it's, it's kind of an opposite way that I've ever, um, but in the last couple months, I've been really, really trying to change my thoughts on that and be a little bit, go a little bit more general as Abraham Hicks would say, go a little bit more general and not be so specific and just, um, you know, like even maybe somebody like him with his attributes, because it's his attributes that are, that are, you know, and so like, I would say number one would be intelligence. You know, he's a good looking man. He's um, really accomplished. He is, uh, he has a very, very colorful type of personality. He seems very optimistic. Um, But the truth is that I have not been in his proximity enough to know if these attributes that I have actually put onto him are actually true. (laughs) And I'm willing to say that. Um, so, so to this point, the universe, and and in fact, there have been times where, where it's almost as if there is something that is categorically trying to keep me away from this person. I don't even know how to describe it. It's almost as if the fates are like against this. Um, I had this other opportunity come that I was thinking, well, maybe I would, I would do that and it happens to be the same weekend as my son is graduating from high school and I don't want to miss that (laughs) so yet yet again um it seems like the universe is saying you know uh a categorical no on this which I don't understand but it doesn't matter uh but anyway so I'm trying to go general so I'm like okay so and, and dating websites are just like really honestly very very sad and 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 the the most significant people in my life have actually just sort of come out of nowhere to be honest they've just kind of like this person just bam showed up you know where i work or um or at church at a retreat at you know i mean it um so and so that would be like the and so I wait um but here's the thing I feel like I am continuously waiting I'm waiting for something in my life I'm waiting it it's like this waiting game to I have to wait for this and wait for that and wait for that. <laughs> and learn to be very patient You know, sort of like, you know, my dad, my beloved dad, who I adored, um, he, he worked, you know, worked and worked and worked. And he was, my parents were extremely good with money and, and very Republican, by the way. Um, and they were very good with money and they, um, and they, uh, my dad was very eager to, to retire, he really wanted to retire. So they saved and saved and saved and saved to retire. And then he ends up passing away at 57 and he never retired. He never got to enjoy his money. So as my son would say, he retired to heaven. (laughs) I don't know that I, I don't know that I actually believe I think that's an interesting, my son always says that. They retired to heaven. I think that's sweet. 
Um, but anyway, so it's like I feel like I'm waiting for something, and you know, so. <laughs> Um, so my, my, I told y'all about my bra. So my bra comes and it's just a colossal fail. It's a colossal fail. The, the, like from opening it up, the color was wrong. Uh, and I'm like, is this even what I ordered? And then I'm, I'm looking at the sales receipt and yeah. And then the size is wrong. So I'm like, Oh God. So I go, I try it on. <laughs> And it is so small, friends. It's like really small. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot even, I can't. I just, so I put the bra, bra back in and I take it back to the post office and I return it. And I start, I start to think about this because I've used these things as an analogy that most of the time I would say one out of 25 times that I order something from from free people because most of the time when I get my free people stuff I am in total love with it but every once in a while I get something that's just a bomb a colossal bomb and this was a colossal bomb it it just was not at all what I was looking for um so I I sent it back and I and I got to thinking about that and I mean the just that and let's just put it in in terms of this person that I really really wanted to meet and spend some time with and see if we'd like each other like what if I'm you know like really 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 all excited for this and then it turns out like everything about it is just off you know it's just not right it it's it's a total mismatch maybe he's nothing like i i thought he was um i had this other thing happen regarding him that i thought was so weird so i'm not sure when his birthday is i had i had um gotten his birthday and then like recently I think I've thought his birthday was a certain day and and now I have no idea when his birthday is. So it's sort of like I have no idea who this person is. I really don't. I, I have this snippet and this tiny little window and I I have no idea. Um and so you know, I I so there is there is a risk in in doing things as I'm talking about, as in kind of going from the end result backwards. So instead of like saying, you know, I want financial freedom. <laughs> and then that being my focus, financial freedom. <laughs> to, you know, to you know, a, a, how do I word this? Like a, a lucrative job would be really nice. I mean, it kind of seems like the lucrative job, like there's a lot of lucrative jobs, right? There's a lot of jobs, like a ton of jobs out there, like go get a job, like whatever. But I want to, you know, putting specifics on it, there is a risk with that with not knowing exactly what comes with that because with everything comes something like 
financial freedom having its own, um, its own, you know, like learning what to do with it, to make more of it, to, you know, I mean, just having more responsibility, um, being your own boss, being, you know, like my side gig, it takes up quite a bit of my time and it has been such a huge learning curve. Like I learned how to open a website. So I have my own website. Um, I learned how to write a book in, in like a software. Like I learned all the pitfalls, falls of beginning and end to actually self-publishing a book. Like, I don't know. I've learned like all of these skills, but I also, I'm also like, there isn't the the huge amount of support from other people. I have like total responsibility for everything. Like right now I have this idea. I want to do this workbook to go with my second book, but also to be able to use with my families right now. I want this book done, um, this workbook, and I'm trying to figure out how the heck to, to get this thing logistically together so that I can do it as quickly as possible because I really think that especially one of the people that I see could really benefit from this. And um, and so it, things like stew in my mind, I'm it's like, okay, do I get a binder? Do I, because I took it to like a local copy shop, copy shop, and they were really expensive. They wanted $5 just for the binding like the coil binding, which probably, I don't know how much they cost, maybe 50 cents. So they wanted $4.50 to bind it. I'm not sure how long it would take, like a lever, bam, bam, and then like, so it might take 15 minutes and they want, I mean, I guess that's not outrageous, but I just, I was thinking on the long run that that's not something that I wanted to pay. So I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I, do this on my own. And then this morning I woke up with a different idea. <laughs> and then I like, okay, so how do I like do it anyway? Um, but what I'm trying to say is that everything that it is that we desire has, has different aspects. And I'm not saying that it's not fun for me to toy around with these ideas and figure out how the hell am I going to make that at, at a good price point? Um, oh, and it was $25 a page, 25 cents a page. So if you have 30, 30 pages and then the binding or 90 pages in the binding, my God, it's expensive. So anyway, so back to the book. So basically it does say in the book that we that we do better when we are in these relationships. And it, and it, they, but the second part that I read about last night that I believe is actual truth is that our attachment style is really formed before we can remember. Like, like they talk about infant attachment style, and I've studied this quite a bit um, because I've worked in early childhood for so many years that infants, they, you know, depending on their caretaker, they either, they either get taken care of or they don't get taken care of. And they have found 
that children fare better in certain situations where parents are fairly, very, mostly um, very nurturing and quickly attend to their child's needs. Um, and so... And so actually our attachment style, and they, but they did say that it was partly from, from empathy, but also from life experience. And so I, I'm guessing that for me, um, <laughs> I, I would say, so they have like the secure, the insecure, and then the avoidant. And then they said, they don't talk about it very much, that there's a third, in, um, uh, no, it's avoidant. It's avoidant, insecure. Uh, and I'm not sure what mine is. I mean, I think that I probably, I'm probably, if I were to do any of them, it would be the insecure that I, um, and I usually, I guess, find men that are in some form of being avoidant. They're not necessarily avoidant to commitment because I actually get asked to marry I get proposed to quite often, <laughs> probably having something to do with one is people wanting, you know, I don't know, some idea in their head of what type of wife they would want. And they think that I'm that it's funny, not based on anything that I'm doing for sure. But, um, but, but they, in the relationship, they really don't want to be intimate like in the relationship they're not I'm not talking about sex I'm talking about to like really deepen the emotional aspect of the relationship they're really really happy to just kind of stay on the surface you know uh (laughs) and I had experienced this quite a bit in my life uh of men that were just, you know, we're married as in, you know, I'm trapped with them, but they don't really want to get to know me, like really know me. They don't want to, for me to really get to know them. They don't want to be close. They don't want to talk about things. They're not interested in the topics that I'm interested in. And they and actually in the monetary they are they are really you know there's a huge separate you know they are basically in control of so many aspects of the relationship there's a complete imbalance of power and i and i'm basically treated sort of like a beneficiary like you know like a like a child uh and and then at some point I wasn't, you know, that's not necessarily what ended the relationship. There came a point like I could, you know, that I don't talk about because, um, for obvious reasons. Um, but, but I, there comes a certain point and I just, I just leave the relationship. I can't do it another day. And so, so I'm excited about hopefully someday being happily attached. (laughs) But anyway, I will be back with uh, giving you more information on this book. I think it's utterly fascinating that there is actually a book about a subject that I have been 
thinking about for the last few years. So anyway, I appreciate you listening and I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.